Welcome in to the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I am Adam Abdallah, along with Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at Woodon1063. Follow me at Adam A. Abdallah. I hope you listened last week because last week was a good week for Jordan and the picks. Follow him on Twitter as well. He was giving out some some fights there as well. I hope you got some form of of props from the people. Of I know course I, not. I was that, sending that, that, that you. Happens. I was tweeting you. Or texting you, I mean, and tweeting yeah, but, you see, and whatnot. I can't include you in that in that category. Like I, I always hear from you. I always hear from you. Always on the good. That's sometimes fair. on the bad. Um, I don't want to rub it in when it's bad because I know you're already down. That's like being like, oh, you like I had. But okay. that's when I hear from people. That's fair. It's that's, like we're recording this on a Wednesday, right? Right. And last night, Dylan Cease pitched, and I gave out Dylan Cease as my FanDuel game of the night, and I was like over strikeouts, and people are like, oh, see, it didn't happen. I'm like, okay, it's seven and two, dude. Like, bet it every every time he starts, and shut up. Yeah, I tweeted at you also about that. Exactly. I was, I was on board with that. Exactly. And, 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 and actually, even though he had a terrible outing, like, it still got close. Like, yeah. he, I think he had five strikeouts. Maybe he had four, but... Yeah, That's the point. I'm like, on cease all all year. He had that horrible outing against the Yankees. He still struck out nine guys. Like it's like it was like it was a bad inning or bad few innings. And you're like, okay, well, he did this against the Yankees, maybe. But still, you only hear from people when it's bad. Right. You never hear from people when you do a good job. But hey, I text you. Good you job. You do. You do. Good and job, it was Jordan. a good job. And good I'm job. going to pat myself on the back, going five and one, including being on that right side of that main event when so many people oh, apparently were not. On that side of Holly Holm. You got to listen. Yeah, yeah, you do have to listen. You know, I do try and give sage advice in, in, as far as handicapping and investing your money in these MMA funds. Yeah, so the MMA is off this week. It is Memorial Day weekend. They are taking off the uh, the holiday weekend, I guess, which to me, it seems like you should have two events because people are off Saturday on Monday. Have an event Saturday and Sunday. Well, why not? Uh, but they're off, so we're going to do something a little bit different here. We're going to recap what we saw. We're going to talk a little bit about the judging and the controversy surrounding UFC and MMA judging that's been going on. And then we'll also do a, a zoomed-out 10,000-feet view of the next couple main events. There's a UFC fight night that's coming up next week that we'll get more into next week. And then there's a couple of UFC pay-per-views with UFC 276 and 277. We'll just kind of gloss over those a little bit here. Uh, and But first... Let's talk about the judging. Let's talk about that that uh, decision where Holly Holm was uh, the loser there. We were on the right side, like you mentioned, because you gave out great advice. But there was an issue, a discrepancy with the judging once again. And this seems to be a recurring theme that the UFC just doesn't want to address. Well, the, it's because there really isn't a true definition of what the 10-point must system is. And what is being scored as priority compared to the other? It's it's on paper as a ten point must system, great based on effective striking, grappling, aggression, and octagon control. And in hindsight, you're supposed to look at it in those four particular categories. Okay, well, if you do that, effective striking, Ketlin Vieira landed the more significant strikes in that fight. When you look at the damage that the two individual, the two individual fighters had. Holly Holm had the most octagon control. She had the clinch. She didn't do shit with her Ketlin Vieira up against the cage. So if you're weighing it on paper, Ketlin Vieira, according to what you have as a standard in a 10-point must system, won the fight. But because different judges have different hindsight and different analysis of these fights, there's controversy galore. Then you couple that with obviously just sports gambling and sports betting and people 
watching the fight at home and obviously being biased in who they're going to judge. And then you've got dudes like Daniel Cormier, who, look, he is the UFC head color analyst. He's on the call for all of the big-time pay-per-views, and he's coming out and how he scored the fight. You are not scoring a fight accurately uh, and correctly when you are calling a fight, Daniel. I'm sorry, you're not. Now, if you go back and look at it and take what you saw out of it, which is going to be impossible to do, maybe you score differently, but that's affecting it. Look, there isn't going – I don't see a solution. Like, I don't because you're, you're going to have to sit down with all of these different athletic commissions and all of these different judges both here in the States and in Europe – Overseas, they're they're going to uh, where are they going in two weeks? Singapore, <laughs> Singapore, exactly. You're going to have to get with all these athletic commissions and, and put together a standard, and it's just it's just not it's still not going to be accurate. Well, here's the problem, right? The problem is the sport itself, right? Therein lies the problem. Like you have, if you're using the boxing system, ten points, right? You're just boxing in boxing. There's one there's one method to win in boxing. You either outlast on points or you knock him out, but you're only using your fists. You're not using anything else, right? In mixed martial arts, that's the definition. It's mixed. It's martial arts. There's different forms. There's guys that are in fighters that do that are just stand-up boxers. There are Muay Thai fighters. There are grapplers. And you can't like you can't judge. It's hard to judge off of a single point system when there's so many different ways to control a fight. And to win a fight. And also, in, in a boxing match, there's X amount of rounds, right? 10 rounds, 12 rounds, whatever, right? There's, there's, it varies. Whereas in the MMA, there's five or there's three rounds. And so are you, if someone comes out and dominates the first two rounds or first three rounds, but then someone dominate and then the other fighter dominates the last two rounds, are you putting more weight in those last two rounds? Are you putting more weight in how they came out and started? Like how, there's not and a that, good and that's, system. And, that's what you're, and, that, and, and you're getting to what I think is actually the, the solution. And it's not clearly defining 10-10 rounds if there isn't a, a significant winner. And, it's, and to me, it's not clearly identifying 10-8 rounds or 10-7 rounds if there's one dominant fighter or not. It's open scoring. It's open scoring. Yeah. So the fighters know, and it's, it's probably going to cause a lot of uh, you know, issues and conflicts for the sports gambling world. It's going to probably cause some issues for... People tuning in the fights, maybe a fighter takes you know themselves off the gas pedal if they're up two rounds to one. But in hindsight, if you go into that fight, the fifth round, it's all tied up. The winner of that fifth round is going to win the fight. Yeah. So Ketlin Vieira is going to have a different game plan. Holly Holmes is going to have a different game plan. And we're going to get, I believe, better results. It's going to take a little bit of getting used to and understanding how it's going to be effective. But that's how you solve it. Open scoring. Well, like, it, here's an example, right? You're, you're in a round. You're in the third round of a main event, right? And the third round starts. You've got two different style of fighters. You've got a grappler and you've got a stand-up boxer, right? And so you've got a guy who comes out, guns blazing, punching, landing punches, landing, you know, but it's not affecting Like, let's say it's Korean Zombie, whoever it is, right? It's not affecting them whatsoever. They're still landing the punches. But then a little more than halfway through the round, someone gets, the other fighter gets ground control and is in control for the rest of that round. Who won that round? Right, like, or at the end of a round, someone gets up and gets out of the ground control, lands a couple punches. The crowd's going nuts. Who won that round? You know, so there's there's too many variances of of, and it's not the fighters' fault because this is the sport that you set up and this is what they're good at, right? It's not the fighters' fault. It's the judging and the system that was set up, and you have to basically, like you said, open score and change the entire system. Right. But you also need, 
and this is my me not knowing. Do they do they like this fight that this pay per view that's coming up in Singapore? Are they using judges from Singapore, or will they fly over judges? I and I, I believe in this case they will fly over judges. So you're using the same judges, essentially. yeah? Be, well, because uh, you know, essentially, you know, the, these judges are licensed in you know all 50 states or how many other states that they have. Uh, but they're licensed well, in these countries these too. Licensed in these countries okay. too, and and there's a lot of times too where, and I don't know if this is the case with Singapore, that when a country does not have an athletic commission, they hire the UFC okay. to be act as the athletic commission, and then the UFC has you know their registered judges like uh, a Herb Dean, like a jo- or you know Josh Rosenthal used to be a, you know uh, an mm-hmm. official in in the UFC, so. Um, Big John McCarthy when he was doing that. So there's these guys that are licensed also by the UFC that they can fly over and administer and, and, and officiate the fights. So that's that's the situation with that. But I think also when you have the open scoring, you then take out the coaching aspect of it, which I think is a good thing because a lot of times, too, coaches are looking at it. Oh, yeah, you're up two rounds to run or they know their fighter like – you got it. You get you. You. you this is how you're going to fight. Just sit on a dude. Yeah, like just- exactly. So I, I think it solves it. I, I think I think that is the solution if you have issues with it. Um, in, like they in- should also involve like as far as a spectator perspective, like just watching these fights. There has to be like I know that the ground control is a huge element of it, but there has to be like a stalling, like penalty or something. Like like you mentioned. Oh, you're up two rounds. Just sit on, just get him to the ground, and just sit on him for the next ninety seconds or two minutes or however long the round is left. However, left is like there should be like if you're not doing anything, like in boxing, if the guys get close together and they start like you know almost like hugging each other, basically is what it looks like. The the ref will pull them apart and be like, you guys got to do something, right? Like when I. I wrestled in high school, but like if you weren't doing anything, if you were just standing there, like someone's got to take a shot. Like someone has to do something. Right. So there should be some form of like penalty. Standard. A standard, right? But, yeah, if you're just. But there sitting- isn't because it's also going to depend on the, the official that's officiating the, 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 the fight. And then it's going to also depend on the fighter and their history. Like there's a guy like, you know, Damian Maya, who's one of the renowned grapplers that ever existed in mixed martial arts. He's, mo- he's more than likely going to have more time to work for a submission or work off of his ground game. As compared to, you know, Eric Eric Anders, you know, who obviously mm-hmm. doesn't have a background in grappling, doesn't have a background in submissions. He's going to have to work quickly. And, and again, there, there isn't a, a standard. And, and that's a perfect fight, too. You know, John Young Park, Eric Anders, we were on the wrong side of that split decision. One judge had it for us, 29-28, mm-hmm. probably taking into account the number of takedowns that were attempted by Eric Anders, which I think was 25. He landed three. So the two other judges were saying, no, no, John Young Park's controlling the fight because he's keeping it, uh, you know, at, at a distance. He's keeping it on the feet. Whereas that one judge probably looked at it, well, Eric Anders is attempting those takedowns and, and Park isn't doing anything except defending them. So Eric Anders is determining where the fight is going because of, of his attempt. So there has to be. It's a I, problem. I, it's a problem. And I think the solution is open scoring. And, and you know, maybe they'll maybe enough people with with uh, gambling being legal. In more and more states, there'll be more and more outcry for things like that because you want more transparency yeah. and you want more of a decision. Like if I like if I lose a bet on an NBA game or like like we just mentioned, Dylan Cease, like I can look at that. He only four th- threw four strikeouts. I bet over seven and a half. Like there's there's a there's a line there where it's like you lost, you won. Whereas like you look at that split decision, it's like well I 
Like, we could have won that fight, but because the score, because one judge looked at it a little bit different, and I know that that's boxing and that's MMA and that's what happens in the sport, and that's, well, some will say, the beauty of the sport or whatever, is, but that's like, that's like saying that we shouldn't get robot umpires, right? Like, it's all oh, the human interpretation. It's like, okay, well, two dudes are beating the crap out of each other. Right. Like, let's have a winner. Let's yep. have a real winner. And it's, and it's kind of funny because when I look at the, the Anders fight, which we lost, and the Vera fight, which we won, I think I ju- scored it in my mind, the fight for Holly Holm, and the fight for Anders. So the two opposite results because I thought the, the takedown attempts by Anders and the, the significant damage done in that fight was more done by Anders as opposed to Park, whereas Holly Holm was, was kind of avoiding most of the damage and controlling the fight. Like, Ketlin Bira had no answer for mm-hmm. Holly Holm except for the choke that she had in the second round when the fight was up against the cage. Yeah, and this isn't two dudes bitching about uh, a wrong outcome. We were on the right side. Yeah. Like, don't get that twisted. Like, we, we profited off of the bad decision. However, it's like... Oh, what's it? What happened? It was um, it was Packers Seahawks when they had the replacement refs. Remember, and both guys were holding onto the ball as they fell into the end zone at the very end of the game. It right. was an interception. Mm-hmm. Was I was on the right side, so I didn't care that there were replacement refs. So it was like, hey, whatever, it's fine, I don't care. But at, at the same time, uh, more people are on the opposite side, and you're going to hear more outcries. So you never know what's going to happen. I we turned off the television right when the guy caught the, caught the ball because I think I was on the wrong side of it. Ah, like, like, initially on the wrong side, it's like fuck. Like, <laughs> I'm like, come on, come on, come on. I won that, so I was happy with the replacement refs. I was probably one of uh, very few. So UFC is off this weekend, like we mentioned. Uh, next weekend, June 4th, you've got a UFC fight night. You've got Volkov versus Rosenstruck. Here, these are two big dudes, big heavyweight. That's really the that's literally the only fight that's official right now. Yep. For a week away, there are a bunch of rumored fights, but just on a surface level, we'll obviously dive more into this next week on the show. But uh, just a, a an overview of these two dudes heavyweights here one is six seven one is six two uh but for some reason uh if you want to do math and how these guys look in your mind uh the guy that's six two is is uh weighs more um, so it's a little stockier a little more muscular whereas volkov is taller he's six he's uh six seven he's got more of a reach too as well so just how do you see this one just like a surface level yeah surface level is that i like the underdog right now in this fight and that's right. jazirio rosenstruck I, I think because this is going to be a stand-up fight uh volkov's not going to come at least initially uh, with a a grappling uh game something that rosenstruck has been plagued with before has had issues with before when guys Look to take the fight to the ground. And Jazeera Rosenstrike is, is one of the best strikers that we have, not just in the heavyweight division, in the UFC. He has knockout power in, his, in both hands, and he has knockout power that could carry for five rounds. If you don't believe me, I would go back and look at his fight against Alistair Overeem a couple of years ago, five-round fight. Alistair Overeem was cruising in that fight, winning it handily, and then with 10 seconds remaining in the fifth round of a fight that Jazirio Rosenstrike was losing, quitterly losing on the judges' scorecards, he knocks out Alistair Overeem with literally one punch and separates his lip from the fight. So it all it takes is one. Alexander Volkov is going to present that. Volkov's been knocked up before, actually in a similar fashion that Rosenstruck won. Volkov was winning a three-round fight against Derek Lewis handily, just pop, 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 just popping him with jabs. And then all of a sudden, Derek Lewis, with literally 10 seconds remaining in that fight, lands a bomb, knocks out Alexander Volkov. So it, as long as Volkov isn't going to have a grappling-heavy game, which I don't believe he has, he doesn't have a history of it, I'm going to side with Rosenstruck right now, who is a slight underdog heading into that heavyweight fight next uh, uh next week all right and then the week after that june 11th uh we mentioned that the ufc will be in singapore for ufc 275 you've got glover Teixeira against yiri 
Prohaska? Prohaska. Prohaska. I was yes. close. I was close. Prohaska. Uh, so that's a title fight. And then in the uh, in the co-main event, you also have Valentina Shevchenko against Talia Santos. Another title fight uh, for the uh, so two title fights here in Singapore. Again, ten thousand feet, twenty thousand feet up. Just a overall view of those two title fights coming up. Quick look at the challengers. I mean, right now Yuri Prohaska is is the favorite actually as the challenger. Golova Teixeira, great story, 42 years of age, finally becoming the UFC light heavyweight champion, one of the greatest grapplers we've ever seen, not just in the UFC light heavyweight division, but overall, and he still has power in his hands. But Yuri Prohaska came into the UFC, pinpointed as a future champion, and he looked outstanding in his last fight to earn this right uh, to fight for the championship. He had a spinning back elbow knockout of Dominic Reyes, Another guy that at one point was perceived to be the future of the light heavyweight division. And there's a lot of concern that Glover Teixeira is not going to be able to walk through the fire of Yuri Prohaska. And Prohaska is going to have enough takedown takedown defense acumen to knock out Glover Teixeira. But it's hard to bet against a guy like Glover Teixeira. And then Valentina Shevchenko. A dominating champion, but Talia Santos is nineteen and one. She's nineteen and one for a reason. She's got great t- takedown to takedown game. She's got evolving stand up. And you know when you get a dominating champion at, at one point, something's going to happen. It's an mm-hmm. MMA fight. It's an MMA career. Valentina Chipchenko has already been talking about that she might be challenging the winner of the upcoming Amanda Nunez Juliana Pena bantamweight title fight so that the men Shevchenko goes back up in weight to try and secure a championship in two different weight classes maybe she's looking past a, a fighter like Talia Santos I don't believe it cuz Shevchenko's a professional but Talia Santos is going to be a handful and that should be a great fight and then another pay-per-view coming up in July July 2nd over another holiday uh over July 4th weekend I'm not really going to get into the fights here but you've got some big names here Israel Adesanya Alexander Volkanovsky, Max Holloway, Sean Strickland, Misha Tate. Uh, you've got Macy Barber. You've got Sean uh, O'Malley's Barber, on there. Sean Sugar O'Malley. Sean. Yeah. So you've got a ton of big names on this Fight card. Sick. Yeah, my card's it, sick. Yeah, this is going to be a great one in Vegas. I mean, we got enough time. Maybe we convince the there has been talk be, about that to send us. They've been floating that around a lot. I mean, it's kind of being spearheaded by Jonathan Hood. I'm just so saying. I don't know how much Hoodie can influence that. Well, I, mean, I, I, I hoodie does have influence, yeah. but like it's got to come from a, like a sales step. Like I have to sell us there, basically. Well, I mean, why are we still recording? Get out there, <laughs> come on! So no, this is a great card. Obviously, we'll preview this in the next few weeks when it, when this actually happens in like a month and a half or in like six weeks or so. But this is just a a st- absolutely stacked card here. Tons of big names should be a big one. It's going to be in Vegas. It's you know it's going to be uh, a huge huge pay per view uh, for UFC as we kind of wait for some of the bigger names to kind of show up and accept fights and that kind of thing. Until then, this is a great card. It is, and the one fight immediately that has my attention, forgetting the championship you know, headliner and co-headliner, it's Sean Strickland and, and Alex uh, Alexander and Alex Pahea. Sean Strickland is getting a lot of notoriety because he's building himself up as this like white trash middleweight, you know, that talks shit to people inside the cage. And he's, he's, on, a, he's on a win streak right now. He hasn't been beaten in, in quite some time. And Alex Pahea is a guy that came from the kickboxing world. He knocked out Israel Adesanya in kickboxing, the middleweight champion of the mm-hmm. world. He's on the same card as Israel Adesanya. They are clearly trying to potentially build up an Alex uh, Pahea-Israel Adesanya fight in mixed martial arts. 
Pahea's got a, obviously a huge test in front of him. He's very young in his mixed martial arts career. But he comes into the octagon and he wins again, and he, he now got three fights in a row that he's won in the UFC. He could be fighting for the 185-pound strap very soon. Yeah, I mean, on ESPN right now, they have some of the odds listed. He's a short favorite right now, Pahea. He's minus 120. Strickland's plus uh, even money, so it's plus 100 right now. So, obviously, that's six weeks away. That could all change very drastically in the next few weeks. But that... Uh that's kind of it. We we complained about the uh, the judging. We, How about Chitty and Jakawani, by the way? Yeah, I, I mean, mean he, he was it was woo, dicey for a little bit, woo, and then that first round TKO. Yeah, that was great. That was cashes. great. That was great. The only one that disappointed me is once again Alabama disappoints. I know. Once again, once again, well, once again, once like, again. They, come on, you can they count lost like the one national finger. championship this year. Saban's talking shit to Jimbo. Like, I mean, what what's going on, guys? Get your stuff together. Yeah, that was bad. He just looked lethargic. Get your stuff together. Lethargic in that Bama. Fight. He could get a what takedown. What are we doing here? He had one. And then he like, why did he go for submissions? I don't oh, understand. No. He had the takedown. He could have controlled it. He would have won the fight. I feel like once he I feel like he was going for takedowns because he like we talked about. He knew he'd won a couple rounds. He was like, if I just get this guy on the ground and just kind of hold on to him for a little bit, I'm going to win this fight. Yeah, and it, didn't it did not happen. It didn't work out in his favor. That's Jordan Sherwood. Wood on one zero six three. All of his picks uh, will be up at FatJackSports.com. Picks this weekend or no picks this weekend? Fatjack. Yeah. Fatjack will have some. Fatjack yes. will have a ton of picks. Fatjack. I will not have anything released. Via UFC. He's got if the... If Dylan uh, sees pitches again this weekend, I'll have his over on the yeah, strikeouts. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, you can get baseball from Fat Jack. Obviously, the NHL playoffs, the NBA finals coming up uh, here next week. They start on Thursday. So make sure you check out FatJackSports.com. I'm Adam Abdallah. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. We'll be back next week to preview a UFC fight night and maybe complain about the judging some more. We'll see. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.